Welcome to Keep Breathing Utah. This is Russ East, your host. This podcast is also in conjunction with a radio program called Passion for Christ, so you might hear me talk about the content in this program as uh, part of Passion for Christ as well. Welcome back. This is your host, Russ East, and I hope that the last segment of Passion for Christ was encouraging to you. And for those who were listening and maybe were a little bit put off by it because you're wondering, well, why are you making such an emphasis on somebody who's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to become a Christian? It just doesn't make sense to you. There's all these other religions in the world, Hinduism, Islam, you know, Jehovah Witnesses, um, you know, all, all these world religions and things out there, atheism. Why do you talk about just the Mormon church and the people that are ascribing uh, to its teachings and so forth? And I guess you could just say this is my heart is for the people here in Utah. I feel like because the Lord saved me out of the LDS church when I was 14 years old, I just feel so inclined. I just, I'm compelled you know, to want to reach those who belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I want them to see who Jesus really is. In fact, I'd like to take this time on what an amazing day to do this on Christmas Day. I'd like to just read a, a gospel message from a, a tract distributor called Evantel. And so, I'm going to read most of this. Um, I'm going to just start off and just just hope and pray that, that the Lord will use this to touch your heart, your mind, and help you see why Jesus came to earth, why God the Son came to earth. And we can talk more about that some other time. If you'd like to contact me, kutrstudio at gmail.com, talk about it over the phone, or get lunch or something, you know, I'd be glad to to do that. But let me just read this, and I think this really helps us understand why Jesus came to earth. Why did he come in such a humble way? Why did he go to the cross? What was that all about? So, I'll go ahead and begin. This is called Between Two Thieves. God let them sneer at him, strip him, scourge him, twist a crown of thorns and jam it on his head. They spit on him, struck him, mocked him, and threw dice for his clothing. They nailed him to a slab of wood between two thieves. Surely this man must have earned his punishment, for God allowed this to happen. No, this was God's son, and he was innocent. Why? If God is all-powerful and in control, and he is, why did he allow his innocent son, Jesus Christ, to die an excruciating, degrading death, nailed to a cross between two thieves? To understand why Christ had to die, we must consider our condition, our sentence, our substitute, and our choice. Our condition, we're all thieves. Now hold on, you say, I may not be perfect, but I'm no thief. We can all agree that none of us is perfect, but the hard truth is, is that the two thieves on either side of Jesus took a lot, look a lot like you and me. We wouldn't break into our neighbor's home and steal his, his stereo. But we rob him of his reputation when we gossip about him. You don't have to steal money to be a thief, but you might ask, isn't it a matter of degree? I mean, I'm not that bad. In fact, I know a lot of people who are worse, undoubtedly. And so do they. In fact, if God asked you and those who are worse than you, why should I let you into heaven? Your answer would probably sound a lot like theirs, because I've done the best I could. I've tried to be a good person. You see, we compare our strengths to others' weaknesses. But God does not compare us to others. He compares us to himself. 
and he is perfect. That means that the standard against which he measures our thoughts and actions is perfection. Any falling short of this standard, whether you have sinned a little or a lot, is missing the mark. Bottom line, all us thieves have to be as good as God to make it into heaven. No exceptions, no coming close. Falling short of God's standard of perfection in any way is called sin. The Bible nails us to the crosses alongside Jesus when it says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 If you're willing to admit that you are imperfect, then all you can say along with the rest of us is guilty as charged. Our sentence, death. Actions have consequences. A just society rewards goodness and punishes evil. Similarly, God's justice demands that sin be punished. The Bible states the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23 The Bible defines death as separation. Separation of the soul from the body. Physical death. And, and separation of the soul from God. Spiritual death. In a place called hell. Since everyone has sinned, everyone is spiritually dead. Good works cannot erase sin. Justice requires that God punish our sin. We all stand condemned before God, the righteous judge. And like thieves, God says we deserve the death sentence. But we look back to the cross and we see Jesus, the innocent one, hanging there. His wrists nailed to a crossbeam. His feet nailed to the post. Embarrassed, we listen as one of the thieves blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Luke 23, 39-41. The question remains, why would God allow this? Our substitute, he died in our place. Even a thief deserving death can have insight. One of the criminals beside Jesus knew he deserved punishment. He also recognized that Jesus was innocent. Little did he know that is the answer to our question. Jesus had done nothing to deserve crucifixion, and in fact, had lived his entire life without sin. Only God in the flesh could live a perfectly sinless life, and only a sinless life could satisfy God's standards of perfection. But there is still a problem. God's justice required that sin be punished by death, and that meant everyone had to die, ex uh, since, it, since everyone had sinned, everyone that is except Jesus. And this is where God's love comes in. While his holiness demands that sin be punished, his heart desires that the sinner be pardoned. God loves us, all thieves, all sinners, so much that he allowed his perfect son, Jesus Christ, to take the punishment that we deserved and die as our substitute. The Bible tells us the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all, Isaiah 53, 6, on a cross 2,000 years ago. God let his own son die in his innocence, when he had every right to let us die in our sins. He placed our sins on Christ and punished him instead. The nails that should have been driven into our wrists and feet were driven through his. The Bible says God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.8 The third day he arose, proving that he had conquered sin and death. Taking the punishment himself was the greatest way Jesus Christ could demonstrate his love for us. We did nothing to deserve this act of love, and God requires nothing of us except that we believe. We have a choice. Our choice, we must choose to depend on his finished work, not ours. 
Let's review. Many people try to earn a place in heaven by doing good things. They hope that in the end their good deeds will outweigh their bad. But the Bible says it is not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. Titus 3 5. An entire lifetime of good deeds will not erase a single sin. God provided one way and only one way to forgive our sins completely. God laid our sins on his sinless, innocent son, Jesus, who himself bore our sins in his, in his own body on the tree, 1 Peter 2.24. God can offer us forgiveness because he sent his son to earth to pay the penalty death, to pay the death penalty for us. Jesus' death satisfied God that the penalty for sin had been paid in full. That's the good news. Jesus had already done everything necessary to get you to heaven. But here's the catch. If you're trusting in anything else other than than Jesus' finished work to get you to heaven, then his payment has never been credited to your account. God asks us to do one thing to receive this gift, believe. To believe means to trust or depend on. When you sit in a chair, you trust it to hold you though no effort of your own through no effort of your own. In the same way, you must trust Jesus Christ to get you to heaven through no effort of your own. Since Jesus has already paid for your sins and God is satisfied that your sins are paid for, then that means that you don't have to pay for your sins unless you refuse to believe. Let me say that again. Then that means that you don't have to pay for your sins yourself unless you refuse to believe. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. John 3.36 If your sins have never been forgiven, please trust in Jesus Christ now. By praying the following prayer, you can tell God what you're doing. Now, this is just a prayer that gives you an idea of of what you can do right now on this Christmas day to come into a saving relationship, a, a, a state of forgiveness because of what Christ did for you on the cross. Don't think that it's something that was combined with the Garden of Gethsemane, that he had to go to the garden and, and, and sweat the drops of blood to somehow provide this atoning power of, uh, the enabling power of the atonement, all that kind of stuff. Please shed that kind of thinking. Will you please? I'm going to pray that that, that that is the case for you right now. You've been brought up in a, a system that tells you that you have to go through a temple ceremony where the where the veil still remains. But when Jesus went on the cross and died for my sin and yours, that temple veil was torn from top to bottom. That was done away with. So please, listen to this prayer. Dear God, I come to you now. I know I am a sinner. I also know my sin deserves to be punished. I now know... I now understand that Jesus Christ died for me. He took my punishment and rose again. I place my trust in Christ alone as my only way to heaven. Thank you. Thank you for the gift of eternal life I just received. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if this is what you've just done, I'd like to help you in your new life in Christ. I'd like to connect you to a good local church where you can grow become more sanctified. You've been justified now. Learn about what has just happened to you. We want to be there for you. Send me an email, kutrstudio at gmail.com. That's kutrstudio at gmail.com. Or call me at 801-645-7000.
888-357-7433. Merry Christmas, and I look forward to ministering to you, with you, alongside the true body of Christ here in the state of Utah, and maybe in other places all around the world. God bless.